0: Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. everyone. Welcome back. Um, Today with me, I am joined by Charity. And in 2018, Charity lost her husband. Um, She had three little ones and was thrust into navigating solo parenthood. Um, And she's joining me today to talk about her journey, which includes authoring two books and a widow's coaching program, which she'll tell us all about later on in the show. So Charity, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having
0: me. Thank you it's for a pleasure being, to be here. Yeah, so I'm going to just turn it over to you
1: and and let you share your story. Okay. Well, in May uh, May third, 2018, my husband was um, fixing the van, the family van, which isn't unusual. He was my one stop guy for any home or car. Um, mechanical issues Mm -hmm. and uh his father was uh dying of cancer in Cincinnati and so we were getting ready to go on a trip to Cincinnati and I was above the car and he was below the car and he told me to pull a lever and I pulled the lever and the car um rocked off its jack and he didn't have a tire under there which was unusual um and he um i worked to get the car back up but i did not do it in time and uh he died of asphyxiation oh my gosh and we had a 5 3 and one year old at the time wow. and i remember going to the hospital and talking to his dead body and saying to him you know, I'm going to live, I'm going to live on, I'm going to live on for the kids. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't worry. I'm going to, I'm just going to get it done. I don't know. I I don't know how we're going to do it. And I remember going into the parking lot and looking at the mountains. I live in Vermont, which we had only been here for maybe 10 months at the time. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had to figure out, more how to live for myself than just live for the kids yeah. if this wasn't if this was really going to work yeah. and so from that time on I um, really I, I did I read okay I did not read because a thing about widows is a lot of times we can't read anymore interesting fact yeah. um, so I listened to a lot of um audiobooks mm-hmm. on grief mm-hmm. and loss and death and solo parenting and I got a lot of coaches and I basically tried I threw the book at it I threw the book at my problem because I didn't know how to navigate a world where I was the only parent right in a in a city that I had no family closer than 13 hours away mm. and I and I I had I I had an amazing support system that showed up for me but it was not a guaranteed support system mm. uh, I I didn't have them necessarily beforehand they just came when I needed them which is amazing in and of itself right but we and from from that, I mean, from the first weeks where I was planning the funeral until later, I just started to try to figure out ways to rebuild my life in a healthy way. And what I kept finding is, in grief books and and healthy ways to grieve, they really didn't talk to solo parents because I, you know, some of my favorite books are like, you know, you can stay in bed if you need to. <laughs> no, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, the same day that Ollie died, I was picking up my five year old from school. You know, because you can't. You can't mm. you you cannot be the second loss your children go through.
0: Mm.
1: It just isn't fair. And so I started to really look at what ways I could grieve. In as healthy a way as I could, and still remain present, and try not to disrupt their worlds any more than I had to. Right. And so that was my first. That was my first year, and I mean, we continue to do that work. Yeah. But after around um, around my one year mark, I took all of the information I got from all of the research I did and all of the coaching I did and put it into the widow's survival guide.
0: And that's um, your first book.
1: That's my first book. Okay. And uh, just because I wanted, and it is the, it is, it is a tiny little book <laughs> because I, I made it so that new widows could get Through it. Yes, yes. I was just about to
0: say, like, I know why you did that.
1: You know, I, I, there are some books out there that are, I mean, they're wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I, 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 I,
0: yes. I've talked about this on like every single episode that they're like, you can't, you can't get through these like hundreds of pages. Like, it is, it's
1: too much. And, and I realize, I mean, and it was a really interesting process writing. Because there was so much, so many times that I wanted to personally share Ollie with people. Mm -hmm. And then I would realize that isn't what widows need. (laughs) And I would have to really reevaluate what I needed to say to widows that need the book instead of what I wanted to say because I loved my husband. Right. But when people are in grief, it, it isn't about my husband it's about their spouse or their loved one and so that is why I wrote the book I did and um, yeah and then I um, through the next year I started dating again which is super fun that is a sarcastic statement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there is not much of it that I, like, it's, it is, um, it, it is interesting. I can, and, Well, uh, and I, and there's, I mean, I, what I joke about is that my, like, through the first year, even like my downstairs didn't get the message that my upstairs was in grief, like didn't get the <laughs> message that my head was in grief. And it's like, what happened? And I'm like, he died you die right (laughs) oh my god yeah we have a vibrator now just stop (laughs) it's just be quiet chill oh my god (laughs) and and so and just so after I mean and it's you know and I I I tiptoed into dating first and realized for a, a good couple months after that that I wasn't ready and stepped back out because i mean there is there's this huge fight for control of like emotions and grief and all of this new wave of stuff comes up and you feel like i mean there's so many emotions like am i good enough do i have you know i have so much baggage and Mm. all of this stuff that comes up and you're like wait a minute like where, (laughs) where did this come from i was confident enough before my husband died but now i'm like a mess, but (laughs) I mean, yeah. And so then I, so after I went through that experience, that is my, that is where my second book came from is, is, um, widowhood and dating. Yeah.
0: That, yeah, that is, I, I mean, obviously our losses are, are so different losing a parent versus losing a partner, and the person with whom you have had children is, is like so, so different. But what you're saying is really resonating with me about like the, like getting the upstairs and the downstairs to talk (laughs) and communicate. And like, you know, I, I got married like two months to the day before my dad died.
1: Uh, And it
0: was just like, I, rem- I remember for the first couple of months saying to my husband, like, this is your out. Like, you don't have to stay with me uh, because I'm going to uh, go through a lot of stuff. And, like, you don't deserve this. This is not what you wanted. You know, this is, like, supposed to be the honeymoon stage. No. And we're supposed to be, like, having – and, like, that's not – you're not going to get that with me. So, like, if you're looking for a fun, cool new wife,
1: you have to go. And I just—it's it's not me at this moment. Yes,
0: yeah. yes, and thankfully, I mean, my husband is like amazing and wonderful and the best. But like, it, it was—it was like my—I don't know what—I don't know. I, it was like my way of getting him to like leave, which he didn't. But I was just like, you—you you should, like, you really should, because I'm—I'm not going to be—I'm not going to be the person you married. Like, I will never be that person ever again.
1: Well, and and I think the thing to remember is when we are in deep grief, and especially when you're talking about the first couple of months after, we're in shock. Oh, yeah. And deep grief. And it brings up, like, it's like bringing up every nightmare and self-doubt. And I mean, it is we are not the same people. Right. And honestly, you're absolutely right. What you turn into is never the same person that you were before. Mm-hmm. There's, there is no going back from death. Mm-hmm. There is only moving forward in grief. Mm-hmm. And it it is, and I, I can't even imagine trying to do a new relation, not new relationship, but a relationship change. Right, right, right. Right in the middle of this, because you really, I mean, just to give yourself a break from, you know, you really didn't know who you were going to be. And yeah, it's very true. In those, you know, in, in shocking and in, in deep grief, we really are like, are we ever going to come back? Are we ever going to feel, and I'm going to use air quotes, not that you guys can see it, but normal. <laughs> You know, right. What is normal? Yeah. And we have to come to a new normal, which isn't, which is a huge, long process that takes years. Years. <laughs> it's a long time. Years. To come to a new normal. Yeah. I, but yes, like I, I mean, I still have those, I still have those moments where I'm like, am I good enough to do this? Am I like, I mean, and it's, and I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I, I'm sure I did have them beforehand, but they're much more like contemplative moment of like, wow, this is a huge emotion that's coming up. Like, why do I feel so unsure about everything? Mm -hmm. And then luckily when you have a good husband or spouse or partner or friend, they're like, yeah, you're fine you're, you're, you're going to get through this. Right. Great. <laughs> I'm not going to leave you because your father died. And that's great. Like, I know. And part of me was just like, there. oh, you're
0: not? Wow. You're okay. a keeper. And he was like, this is like the bare minimum
1: of me being like a human being. <laughs> 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 you know, I don't know if I, um, like, I, I won't ever say that there's a bare minimum for being a human being right now. <laughs> Okay, well, COVID aside,
0: <laughs> and, like, everything else aside, this was before the apocalypse. So, <laughs> that's ignore everything. <laughs> uh. I want, I'm circling back to something you said about, like, going back to normal, and um, I'm going to completely butcher the language, but it it was, you said something that really struck a chord with me about, like, that you're never going to be the same person again, which was something that weighed so heavy on me for the first couple of months after losing my dad, that, like, there was a lot Obviously, like, I had flaws. I have flaws that, that are things about myself that I don't love. But, like, I felt like a, a, a self-assured person. Right. And I didn't want to change. And now, like, all of the things that I liked about myself were
1: gone, it felt hmm. like. Did you feel, do, like, does that? Oh, like, there is, I, right, I, I mean, what's amazing is, like, right after the death, and for, I mean, I, for a long time, you lose, I, I, you lose your sense of wanting to be alive somewhat. Yes. And I want to be very clear that this is not like a suicide call. No. I just, like most of the widows I talk to, there's no suicide tendencies, but it's just the will to be around yes Uh, the want to be with whoever you have lost yes and it is the will to be around and I really fought very hard against and I and it's funny because I don't like that language like fought very hard to be against to move past that right but that's really what it felt like it felt like an internal battle where like I'm like okay I know this is how I'm feeling right now but I need to find ways to want to live again. Yeah. I need, I need to find ways to want to live on. And, and I mean, I did little things. One of the first things that I remember doing is I started taking more pictures for Instagram Mm. and there, my Instagram, my personal Instagram page is literally like photos of, things it's not really people yeah it's like flowers and buildings and but it it's all things that I find beautiful Mm. and I remember making a really clear conscious choice that when I was out I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a picture if I think of something if if I think something is beautiful and all of that came from was the idea that I needed to bring more things in that felt worth it Mm. and I am a huge advocate of setting your alarms to songs that inspire you at the moment that can change but anything that is going to turn on endorphins in your brain and say okay this is a little tiny bit better than what I was feeling five minutes ago
0: yeah. Yeah, but it's those it's those baby steps that
1: because are... our big because our big um what we based our life lives on in big ways and our happiness on in huge ways is now gone. And so we yeah. have to start rebuilding. And and I I I find it really important when I'm talking to someone in grief I want people in grief to find ways to build their happiness that have nothing to do with anyone else. Uh,
0: Okay, you're, like, speaking to my soul right now. Because (laughs) this is... Yeah. (laughs) when When I... Like, after I lost my dad, I think... I think me, like, trying to push my husband to divorce me was my way of being, like, I – nothing is certain. Right. Like, I could lose you too, so I don't really want to love you that much. Right. Because I can never, ever feel this do pain this again. again. I, can, I, like, I, I can't. <laughs> I I, do, I physically can't. But then I talk to people. I've had people on this show who've lost so many – and I'm just like, how are you a lot – like, How? I did it It, once and I'm just like, no, like,
1: mm -mm. it it is. I mean, I, and that is exactly why, like, I, I, I always encourage people to look at, okay, who were you before you met? Yeah. In my case, your significant other, right? What inspired you? Mm. Who did you want to become? What was your favorite subject in high school? Like, you know, go as far back as you need to <laughs> right right. But what can you bring back that you lost that gave you purpose before your spouse? And I mean, and this is really and I don't want like this is work that continues on, but this is work that can start really early. Mm. But now, I mean, I'm still not the same person, of course yeah, that I, I mean, was yeah. before. Of course not. But at the same time, like, I, I mean, I, 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 when I talk to my, and I, I think I've told you this before, I still have this weird thing about like how, how to refer to my husbands because they mm. both are my husbands. When I talk to my current husband, my alive husband, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the one that is around, yes, um, I, one of the things I tell him, like when I get really good news I, I a lot of times I go into a place afterwards that I I tell him how much I miss who I was before mm. because really good news most of the time means I am both happy and sad yeah because we live in this world of both yes like when I found out I was pregnant I was both happy and sad when I, when I was getting married I was both happy and sad because mm. there is no bringing Ollie back there is you know when, when we're at my children's birthday parties right. I think about how much he's missed mm-hmm. and, and I see what good I have now and I feel the good I have now and I see how happy my children are but I also know I mean, it, it's like right hand and left hand. I know that their father is not there right. and that he will never be again. And I mean, I have a, a belief system that he can see us and, and be more present than I feel him to be. But that still doesn't mean that we feel him right. or that we experience that. Yeah. And, and I mean, and unfortunately, we have no guarantee of anything. <laughs> so right. we go. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, it is this world of both yeah. that we live in. And it really is. It's, and, and it's a very clear, like, before and after, too. Mm. Before we could deny that yeah. bad. Uh, and I don't want to say that we, we knew bad things could happen. But a lot of times it didn't feel like it would touch us.
0: <laughs> oh, right.
1: Yeah. Never you know, in my
0: wildest dreams did I think that I would be here. Right.
1: Or be this person. I, I mean, if, if someone told me, like, my whole life would be widows in grief. like, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Like, what? What? Yeah. What? I, I feel the exact same. I'm like, that sounds kind of dark. Like, but <laughs> sounds dark. here we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. That the the living in the both world living it, in the is just like so – it's so challenging for me. Um, and I think some of it has to do with the fact that I feel like I am robbing – other people and and specifically my husband of the sheer joy of moments like I like okay. in the birth of our daughter um it, you know our first kid we named her after my dad mm-hmm. and it was just very you know we were thr- like thrilled over the moon and and But I, there was like this little dark cloud and I'm just like, am I like taking this unadulterated joy away from him? You know?
1: You know, and it's a funny, it's a funny question, but then you, I, I mean, I always feel like when I ask questions like that, I also have to ask the question, would we have as great of a relationship as we do if I wasn't who I am? Oh my God. Yeah. That I have like chills because, wow. Because I really believe what's amazing about grief is I believe that we get so much better at choosing what is important. Mm. I think we get better at empathy. Ugh. I think we get better at relationships. And this is if we do our work. Um, yes. You know, but yeah. we, I, 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 believe that it is a way that if we use it correctly, we can really evolve. Mm. And I know that my relationship with my current husband yeah. is built on the foundation of number one, my first marriage and wow. number two, the death and loss and grief that came from my first marriage. Yeah. And even though he does get to deal with a sobbing mess, you know, after I'm incredibly happy, right. he also gets the compassion and understanding and deep love that comes from someone that realizes that this is not forever.
0: Okay. I'm even gonna...
1: if I want it to be.
0: Oh, my God. I don't know if it's because I'm like 17 years pregnant or what, but I am really fighting back the tears here. Because that is like the – I mean, that is
1: well, – You know, if you start, I'll start. <laughs> which there's nothing
0: wrong with crying, but I, I'm just – that hasn't – that has never been articulated to me ever in that way. And I'm, I'm going on five years Not going on. I'm just past five years of losing my dad, and that is – yeah. I I remember very vividly having a conversation with my husband of being like, how how are you doing this? Like, how are you hanging on Mm -hmm. to me? And this was like – I don't even think this was like a year after losing him. And I remember he was just like, I – I'm holding on to the things that are still you. Mm. Like, your hands look the same. Your face looks the same. Your laugh is the same, even though it was like obviously less frequent. But like, he was just like, there, like, when I hug you, it feels the same. Like, it's, it's, Mm. and I was just like, this, what you're saying just kind of reminds me of that. And I, I, I,
1: yeah. It's like I mean I I can in my first book I compare widows and people in grief to kintsu, um, the art in uh, in Japan where they where you have a piece of pottery that's broken. Oh yeah. They repair it with precious metal. Um, I
0: think you're breaking up a teeny bit, Charity.
1: Here we go. Oh, I, it we go. went on speaker for some reason, and Uh-oh. I was like, "Why are you on speaker now?" So hopefully that's better. You're back. You're back. Uh, <laughs> the pottery. But I, right? I yes. can go to Kinsuji where mm. uh, pottery breaks, and they fill the cracks with precious metals, yeah, like gold. And what it actually does is it makes the bowl stronger, and it makes it more beautiful and more precious. And it is literally because it is broken and reformed. Mm. And that is exactly what trauma and grief do. They break us down and reform us.
0: But I I think something that I notice Like, that's – besides, obviously, having such different losses in in terms of the relationship of the person we lost, it's also – when you mentioned earlier about having children and, like, needing to go on for them, Mm. like, I didn't – I didn't have that pull. Right. Like, I didn't – I mean, and what you mentioned about, like, not having the will to live anymore, like, it wasn't suicidal. I wasn't – in. Anyway, contemplating ending my life, but it was just sort of this like, well, why? Like, what's right. what's the point? And I, 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 I like can't imagine having children, let alone three very young ones to care for, to go on for. Well, it's It's like, yeah.
1: What's so interesting? And I, I really discourage people when I start hearing people go down this road, is it is very, very hard to compare griefs.
0: I mean, I preach about that a lot, but I do it all the Uh, time.
1: I mean, because (laughs) it is...
0: You're absolutely
1: right. Because there is, like, you know, thinking about... And, you know, my world is mostly widows. But even widows that... Didn't have children beforehand. Yeah. Like you're saying, they have this pull to, like, it's a, it would be a much easier game to give up in. Mm. You know, they don't have the children that you have to remain somewhat normal for. Right. And then widows that have children have to figure out a way to grieve. While having children, which, I mean, my stepmother told me, I think it was her aunt, Um, said that she didn't grieve her first husband until her second husband had died like 60 years later. And it was uh, because she had had, so, she had kids. She had to, you know, get back to life. Yeah. And didn't have the time didn't have the right resources and time to grieve right and i mean and then going into yes losing parents losing siblings losing children and these are it can be very major losses i mean i still as i said this you know just as you were saying you know I can't compare. I, I really try not to compare grief, but I still, the only thing I probably still fear is losing one of my children.
0: Oh, because I, mean, I can't. I no.
1: cannot comprehend. No. no. That loss. No. No. I know. Yeah. So no. Yeah. No. No. Push that away. I know. I've done my losses for. for no. For, no the, we're, we're just gonna let that one go. I know. Um, I know though. But that is it it's, but it's a losing battle, and it's a losing game, no matter what. There are differences. I mean, yeah. one of the biggest differences in losing a spouse compared to uh, losing an another kind of loss, they're called secondary losses. and mm-hmm. it's loss of a loss of a, a co-parent, loss of income, loss of, you know there's there's lots of secondary losses that come with the loss of a spouse, totally. But at the same time, the the thing that I al- always try to remind people is grief is grief. Yeah. And grief, it, part of my friends, is a bitch. <laughs> it's,
0: like you said vibrator a- earlier, I don't think bitches.
1: I, well, you know. I'm not allowed to write it as much in the book. And, but, so, <laughs> but, this is a safe space. That's right. <laughs> but it is it's it is it is all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And it is incredibly hard to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> and it's something that it, I mean, the the craziest thing about it is even if you try to deny it, just like just like my stepmother's aunt was saying, it will come. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's sixty years from now. Mm-hmm. You will deal with grief. You will deal with it sometime. So yeah, just put your big girl panties on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try to roll with it now.
0: Yeah, I, the secondary loss thing to me, how you describe it is different than how I described it. Like what you're saying makes a lot of sense. How I was describing the secondary losses were the parts of myself that I was mourning that like went to the grave with my dad.
1: Oh, and, and there's tons of those, too. Yeah, yes. yeah.
0: Like, like, it's like this loss of innocence. Like, I was like, nothing bad will happen to me. I just got married, and everything is great. And it was just like, nope. So it's just, it's it's like those secondary, lo- like, they sneak up on you for years. I mean, I, I think these are going to continue for years after that I, I'm just I, like, well, oh, yeah, I, I miss that. Oh, my God, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Like, I think
1: it's it's it is amazing to think of all of the weird I there is there's so much that comes back. I I mean one of the hardest secondary losses and I think this is a secondary loss that everybody experiences is you lose your stories mm. or half of your stories with whoever those stories were with. Yeah. I mean with your parent it happens quite a bit because your father remembers you at birth to three or four much more than you would have memories of birth to three or four. And like, I always felt like Ollie was much better at, at story keeping than I was. And he was the one that would always bring back funny stories and I'd be like, Oh my God, that is really funny. And now when I hit one of those, you know, just by random lottery draw of my mind, which is not the same since from before the loss, I don't have the nearly, nearly, I don't even think still the working memory. Maybe, maybe I'm at, 75 to 80 percent of my working memory Mm. again but you know when I hit on one of those stories I'm like oh my god that was so funny it made me it it it, again it brings me back to the world of both because it was so funny and I'm like why didn't I I could have never remembered that again yeah yeah I don't have all of those stories anymore or I don't even have you know 50% more of those stories anymore. Yeah. And that is one thing that every every person that experiences grief and loss is going to realize is that a part of them has gone with that person. Yeah. Which is hard.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that yeah. I was thinking the other day about um dreams and it was explained <laughs> to me because I also believe you mentioned earlier about like that you you believe Ollie's still there and like yes. sees everything. I mean and very much I subscribe to that. I I don't have a clear idea of what I think that quote the afterlife is but like I have had some very weird experiences where I'm like okay my dad is
1: here um I I also oh my god I like I I don't believe I'm past the part where I believe I cannot believe that there is an afterlife yeah that was really weirdly said I have had enough signs that I believe that there is an afterlife for all of you that did not follow whatever. <laughs> I did. I was like totally, was. totally.
0: Um, yeah, like like supernatural. Just the weirdest things. Where I'm just like, there's no, there's no way my dad is not here right now, right? Um, and I heard. Oh gosh, I forget where I heard this, but it was maybe like a medium was talking about or something that when you have a dream about a, a deceased person it's like them physically being there like they are visiting you they are trying hmm. to communicate with you in some way and i have, since i was a very young child have had really powerful dreams not about like dead people but about just mm-hmm. just like messages that i'm just like oh my i mean i remember some dreams i've had from when i was like 8 that were so poignant. And now I have them about, and my dad is in them. And in all of these dreams, I I write them down the minute I wake up because I don't, you know, Uh sometimes you have a dream and then as your day, it's like really messes with you for the first hour that you're awake. And then as your day goes on. Yeah. yeah, And you like forget those crazy details. So like the minute I open my eyes, I will jot down every single detail from these dreams. And I like, I get so disappointed when I don't have them for a while because
1: I'm just like, where are you? I I was, I, I, that's so funny because literally I was telling friends, my current husband last night, I was like, I just don't feel like I've felt Ollie lately. Yes. Yes. And, and, and you're right. There's like this, this, discomfort that comes when I really think about not feeling him. Yes. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I lost you. Uh huh. It makes sense. So no, no, no. We're gonna. Uh huh. You don't get to call the shots. Where are you? Come back. I'm done. But I, I, um, yes. I've had the same kind of experiences where it, it, it. I feel like he's made it so obvious to me that he is not. He is still with me. Yes. And I mean, some of the, I. He, he, I mean, they're, they're quite funny. I mean, it's, it. well, one of the ones that was amazing was I, my second love story, my first love story, you know, it was just sweet and simple and, um, my second love story, not quite so much. (laughs) It was, it it, it was, it's a different kind of love story, um. And I remember asking Ollie while well, he he was dead, of course. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, I need a, a pretty clear sign that this is something I should pursue. Mm-hmm. because it, especially in your second in your second love story, you have, I mean, I had three kids to worry about,
0: right?
1: Um, how this would affect them. And I remember being like, I, I think I want to try it. But at the same time, I, I need your your blessing. Or I just need some confirmation that this is a good idea. Mm. And my Ollie from the first date. And I have no, you know, you when you look back on things, you're like, why did I do that? But I had given him this little pewter heart that was in my wallet. I have no idea why on my first date with Ollie my, my dead husband, Uh that I would do that. But I did. And from that day on, he kept that heart in his wallet Uh from the, the moment that that first date happened to the day he died, it was in his wallet. Uh And so after he died, I took it and I put it in my wallet and it it stayed there. Um, And the day that I asked, I just, I was like, I need a sign. And I got home from wherever I was, and what had fallen out of my purse, out of my wallet, out Mm -hmm. of the little pocket, was this Peter Hart that he always kept in his wallet. I was like, okay, all right. (laughs) And it sounds, you know, it's one of those things like when you haven't been through grief and loss, like, you know. Everything that I've, that has happened, I'm sure that someone could be like, well, that was just the lights or, well, that was just oh, Alexa responding to some quiet moment or, well, that was just you not keeping your crap in your purse well enough, mm-hmm. which I will admit that is sometimes true, but not this time. <laughs> not this time. Um, but it was like, it was to me, it was just like, okay, yeah, I can breathe again. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I
0: love that. That is yes. I've had oh my god some some very like scary moments
1: mm-hmm.
0: of like like sixth sense stuff, like the mm-hmm. movie that was like terrifying. Um, but other like, ugh. do you know about the the pennies like coins?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so... Like, some people find dimes, some yes, people find pennies. Yes, yeah.
0: Okay, so I find pennies in, like, the weirdest places. Um, and in Judaism, there's a lot of significance around the number seven. Yes, yes. And so I, I will never forget this. I was pregnant with my first daughter, and I was driving downtown, and I was just... I was in a mood. Like, I was really struggling during my pregnancy my first pregnancy with like accepting that he wasn't here and wasn't going to be like all he wanted was to be a grandpa like Uh. it was just it yeah and so I was having just such a hard time with it and I was driving downtown and I was like so pissed that day and I was so upset and so like angry and just all the things and I pull into a parking spot and I think I was like mumbling, to, my, like yelling at myself. People probably called like <laughs> a 911 because I was like getting out of the car, like waddling to put money into the meter. <laughs> and I'm like putting money in the meter and I look down and there's a penny on the floor, like on the ground outside, right between my feet. And I back up. And there's another. <laughs> and I, I like li- – this was something oh. out of a movie. I literally kept stepping back and back and back. And there was this pile of seven pennies. Seven on pennies. Them. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was – you just – you can't – you can't explain that. It, it, and and I, I believe in I, science. I, but there are some things oh no, that oh science no. cannot explain. And I just – it just is what
1: it is. Exactly. I and And – I always, I, I mean, I, I have a lot of people, I, I I, really encourage people to, because a lot of times people go, oh, I think that's a sign. And then they talk themselves out of it. Yes. And, and there's a part of me that just, just give it to yourself. Yes. Like, why? Just no. Give yourself that sign. Yeah. Just give it to yourself. Yeah. Let yourself have that. And I mean, and you know, really. If, if, I, if we're totally wrong, it's not going to matter. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no one has in to the know. the most sense, Just <laughs> give that to yourself. That's a win. Yeah. But as you were talking about with dreams, I, I sort of feel like I have two different kinds of dreams when they come to dreams with Ollie. Mm. Um, I feel like there are dreams, and granted, he could be a part of both, but there are dreams that I have that are more unsettling, that are more me feeling like my subconscious is trying to understand how this can be real. Uh, yeah. And so I have, I mean, I, there's been quite a few dreams that I've had that it, it, it's literally like, I remember one, one of the first dreams I had, and I don't have them a lot, um, was... We were sitting in a grocery store, like, a deli eating. You know how sometimes they have, like, little tables mm-hmm. to eat at? hmm And I just kept wondering why we were broken up. And I'm like, mm. why aren't you coming home? And oh he gosh. just looked at me like, I can't. And I couldn't figure out. I mean, when I woke up, I was like, oh, that is why you can't come home. <sighs> But it, it was I have a lot of I've I have a lot of those where it is literally my brain just trying to process Yeah why why you're not coming back. One of the really interesting ones after I met friends and one of the things that did make me realize that this was something that I should pursue was I had a dream. And it was probably after I was pursuing it, but so probably just made it more sure um, was I had a dream that Ollie had come back and he was trying to convince me to go back to his old job. I'm like, "Um, you were dead. I don't know how we're going to explain that. (laughs) Yeah. but but without saying that he was dead because I was trying to like keep him calm. Didn't I don't want know. to be rude yeah you know like <laughs> but but there's something major going on here and yeah. I was like and I was so ecstatic he was back. but then I realized that I could never meet friends. Mm. and that made me feel grief for friends mm. because I'll, and I was like this is and I woke up and I was like, seriously brave. <laughs> I mean trying that's cute to, to me. Yeah, Like they just have a nice dream. Can I just have peace? Let me sleep. Like serious. Yeah. But um and then that then there's other dreams that I've had that it was like oh my god, it feels like you're here. Yeah. And yes. I yes. and I mean honestly, you know, it could be both. It could be that he's trying to help me. <laughs> yeah. Process this. But I have, I, I, and I read, you know, what is I've talked to, I, you have both of those dreams and I always try to make, I, I, I always worry that, you know, people are like, are they telling me not to date again? Or are they telling me like, no. no, this is your brain just like. Messing how do i feel feelings <laughs> yeah. for someone else or how do i how yeah. do i process that this person isn't coming back or how you know there's a lot of things in your subconscious going on mm. that we don't even know on the surface Preach. and dreams are one of the only times that we're going to be able to connect ourselves to those feelings mm-hmm. so yeah. i i i always try to make sure that i talk about the both sides of dreams about our dead loved ones because some of them I mean I have had the, a lot of the ones that I've had can be really unsettling oh yeah
0: um, oh and yeah and I'm like why
1: and, and a lot of times I wake up and I'm like that's how I get to see you yes <laughs> yes this isn't fair this
0: <laughs> I know it's so it's so interesting that the first dream you mentioned about like Being, like, sitting with him and being broken up and wondering why he can't come home. Because I talk about this a lot with my mom who, you know, I lost my dad. She lost her spouse of 31 years. And that was the, like, the exact theme that she would always Mm -hmm. talk about in her dreams. Hmm. Was the idea of him, like, leaving her or cheating on her. Or well, I, it, broken up, and she was like, "Why can't you come home?" He's like, "Cause I can't. We're not together." Like, and they they are right. not like that anymore. But it's just it's crazy to hear you say. That. I'm excited to tell her that <laughs> that it's not just her.
1: I I mean, and I had, and that was just. I mean, I've had many of them where it yeah. was just like, I. And what's so funny is most of the time I, things fade, right? But these dreams. Oh God, I could I could tell you very clearly oh, about yeah. a, quite a few of them because I woke up and I felt as heartbroken as I did. Mm-hmm. And what what and what is interesting is like even the really good ones, I feel you, you don't get away from the heartbroken feeling. I don't think right. because you wake up from really good dreams and it's like,
0: well, oh that God. was fake. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's like I had to wake up. Like right. you know, I don't even right. know if I'd consider it fake. It's just. And now it's gone. Like I had you right. for a minute. Back to reality. And now you're gone. Yeah. But yes, yeah. they are. I, dreams are one of those tools. Tw- like I always, whenever there's something that, that I I feel discomfort around. Like when I went into dating, I really tried to make sure I looked at each date as an experiment. Which is hilarious when I like. <laughs> but as an experiment and not as something that I was going to expect anything out of mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. You know, and, and those kind of dreams are sort of the same way where I have to look at it as like, this is this is my brain trying to process. Yeah. And whatever comes from this, like e- even, you know, and there are some dreams that I felt like I was connecting with him. Absolutely, totally. but I have to also realize like that's just sort of it's a gift when you get that, and it's and it is an ex- it is a learning lesson when it's something else. Yeah, you know, we have to take those moments and be like, okay, so this I'm I'm really trying to process right now the fact that this is permanent. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: which is. A lot to process. Uh, It's
0: it's ridiculous to process. I know. I know. It's like, it's too much. Okay, so tell me, tell us a little bit about this coaching program that we mentioned at the beginning
1: of the episode. So I um, lead an eight-week program that usually starts every month. And um, as we talked about before, a lot of times – oh, you know what? I think this is when we talked before today. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll go over it. Everything's Um, blurring. Everything's blurring. (laughs) But one of the things that I think is incredibly important for people in grief and widowhood – And solo parenting is community. And there is. I I actually refer to in my first book that we sort of have three communities, sort of our home community or our home tribe. We have like our support tribe. Um, Our home tribe is sort of who does things for us physically, especially after a death, like they make meals.
0: Yeah,
1: they might babysit for you. They might, you know, cut your lawn and then we have our support tribe that is around us you know they're the ones that come in and on days that you can't get up mm-hmm. or that you're really sick but they give you the emotional support from home but they might not um they don't share the similarities with you they're not right. usually other widows or other people in deep grief or that have gone through deep grief. And then I like to call it the widow tribe because these are the people that really know exactly Mm -hmm. what you're going through. You know, they've been through the death. They've been through the solo parenting. And um, one of the things that my group that I uh, really support and encourage through. This coaching program is developing this tight knit tribe that's going to be able to support you not only in your hardest moments but in your wins. Mm. Because a lot mm. of times in grief groups, uh, there's almost in, in like on regular Facebook, what, you have a stigma when people when you talk too much about being sad or too much about <laughs> being in grief. And then in grief groups, you have a stigma when you look like you're moving on. Oh somewhat. <laughs> and, it's like a whole not, other episode. That's a whole. That's a whole. That's other another episode. thing. Uh, so this, you know, one of my 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 big goals is always to support people in living on, in the both.
0: Yeah.
1: Because. It, we we live in the both, and yeah. we have to embrace that there will always be grief and happiness. And that is where we will live forever., yeah, yeah. and so and so it's just basically taking widows through um my process to to start building coping uh, coping mechanisms and ways to live on Mm. that they can do with kids and in daily life to support themselves Mm. to become happier more well-rounded people that live in grief
0: Mm. that's awesome that's yeah
1: that's that's
0: living in the boat i'm gonna like I'm going to sit with that like all day today. (laughs) I just, Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. And that
1: sounds amazing. And I think our society, I mean, we, we see it so well right now with COVID especially Mm -hmm. we have such a society that denies death. (laughs) I mean, we have religions that talk about, I I mean, it's really interesting. I just was talking to a friend today that was talking about, she has a friend that the husband just went into the hospital with COVID Mm. and they're praying for recovery. And I totally understand that, but we don't even accept the fact that there could be death. Yeah. We don't prepare ourselves for it until it happens. And, you know, the only two certainties we have in this life are that we are born and that we die. Yeah. And so why are we so against embracing that this is part of us? It's because it's scary. I, I mean, do know yeah. why we're against it. No, but, I, I, yeah, but... but I see what you're saying. I mean, there are
0: some cultures and religions that really like lean into lean into death, it. death yes. and it's, it's quite universal. We're all going to die. Um, but then there are some other cultures. I mean, I obviously don't want to speak on behalf of, like, all Jews, but Jews are very superstitious. And, like, anything that even hints at something bad or alludes to death in any way, and it's, like, you're, like, slapped. And everyone's, like, shut right. up. Like, don't talk about that. And you're, like, well, okay. Well, I I don't – I mean, it could happen, so.
1: It, it is a very – It's but, interesting. I mean, I really – And I think that the, the more we get into modern medicine, the more we deny the reality that it still happens. Yeah. I think we've got, and, and, but honestly, our whole society right now, like that people get a week off for the death of their spouse or a day off for the death of another close family member. Mm -hmm. We are so obsessed with capitalism and money right now that we can't even respect the common core of our existence. Yeah, And I mean, and I think, you know, I don't necessarily even blame people when uh, people under, like under value COVID or because it's literally our brains just trying to protect us like yeah. we're just going to shut down that this is going to be a risk to me or my family because it's so hard to realize that there's something so big out there that could really affect us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I, a good point. I I I mean I, <laughs> I you know I I hope that we have more understanding of that soon for sure. <sighs> um but it is something to realize that this is a symptom Of our whole society avoiding the thoughts and perspective that on death. This is society avoiding death.
0: Yeah. Never really thought of it that way. And that is quite Uh. true. (laughs) That is quite true. Yeah. That it's just, it's, we push it away. We push away what we can't understand.
1: We we push away what we don't want to happen to us. Yeah, and when it does, you know, we we don't get that option as much. Right. <laughs> we don't get the. I mean, I I am like the first person, like in my head, when I see these, you know, these people, not you know, whoever going into the hospital. My first thought is, okay, how can I support them if this goes towards death? Mm-hmm. Which is probably not the first thing. I mean, I I try not to share that with <laughs> whoever is about fair, to fair, deal fair. with someone in the hospital. But, you know, there is a very clear. I mean, there's a clear line in my head that everybody doesn't come out alive, because yeah. obviously, in my case, he did not come out alive. Yeah, I feel the but, same way. You know, it is. I mean, and that's, I mean, it all comes down to really trying to be kind to each other and take care of each other in whatever way we can Mm. and realize that, you know, death is a part of life and that's okay. We, (laughs) hopefully, like, I wanted to say we signed up for this. I didn't ask to be born. We we somehow are here. So. Yeah. It's in the contract. It's in the contract.
0: That is a, a perfect closing message. We're all gonna die. And thank you. Thank you so much. No, but seriously, Charity, this was this was such a great conversation. Um I always appreciate when, when I can there, There is a little bit of levity if you can't laugh at death. You have to laugh. My dad had a very, very good sense of humor, and I always just think, like, there's so many instances where I'm talking to someone about it, and they're so uncomfortable, and I'm like, God, my dad would love this right
1: now. Oh. Oh, I love – yes. I love death humor. That's another show, too. (laughs) That is – that is another – that's a whole
0: other episode, death humor. Um. But thank you again. This was just it was it's it's always so great connecting and, and talking with people about experiences and I'm I'm just I'm so I'm grateful for you sharing your story with us.
1: Well thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.